game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore, and I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by my colleagues, professional better Raheem Palmer and NBA futures analyst Brandon Anderson. This is your round two workshop. We're going to go through the series that we can get to you in time. We do not have an opportunity to get to you Warriors versus Grizzlies, but we'll be, of course, giving you game by game analysis and series update bets throughout that series all week long, Monday through Friday on this show. But we do have an opportunity to get you the other series. We can get you Mavs versus Suns and Sixers versus Heat. Although injuries are, woof, boy, are they wrecking some havoc here in the second round. We're going to give you series bets. We're going to give you game one bets. We're going to break all that down and more. And you can find more information in the Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in. You get signals. You get all sorts of information about how these things are happening. You get totals analysis from the crew. You get all sorts of cool stuff to check it out. Follow Raheem and Brandon. Make some money. Follow them in the Action Network app. Tail those guys because they are so good at what they do. All right, fellas. We're going to start with Sixers Heat. Man, that sucks for Joel Embiid. That's horrible. He broke his face. No one should break their face. That's horrible. He's got a mild concussion. That really sucks. That's awful. I can also, also, while being very sympathetic and empathetic to him, be like, God damn it, I wanted to bet the Heat at a good number. Damn it. We were going to get such a good number on the Heat. And now that's gone. With Joel Embiid expected to miss the beginning of the series uh, and no timeline for his return, there is an expectation that he will return at some point in this series, probably with the mask that he famously ditched after a couple of games a couple of years ago when he had a similar injury. So, guys, here's where the line's at right now for the series. We're going to talk about series first, and then we'll get to game one. The Heat are minus, somewhere between minus 380 and minus 400. The cheapest you can get them is minus 375 at FanDuel. So not a lot of value there. The Sixers are between 300 and 325. You can get a 325 at BetMGM and points bet if you want to take the Sixers to presumably get MB back pretty soon or hang in the series and then win it outright. Sixers plus two and a half is minus 143 at Bet Rivers. Heat minus one and a half is minus 215. Heat minus two and a half is plus 110 on the win spread. Uh, over five and a half games is minus 114. Under five and a half games is minus 114. Rare that we see that kind of a figure. Um, you've got Heat 3-0 to start the series at plus 235. A lot of props available still for the series. The bookmakers did a good job of getting the lines back up after the Embiid injury. Let's start here. Um, so the line, the game one line, I want to talk about Embiid and then we'll do the series bets. The game one line, Raheem, was minus four and a half for the Heat. It had moved to five. There were some rumblings going on on Friday when this happened, like before this news broke, and the line had shifted to five. Now, maybe that was just people coming in on the heat anyway, but it did had already moved to five. Let's go ahead and take it at the five point. After the Embiid news comes out, it moves to eight, a three-point line move. That's pretty standard for what we expect from the books. Certain you know bettors have, have marked these guys as more or less important. So I guess my question for you, Raheem, let's start with you. Is three points enough to the spread? Is it too much to the spread or is it not enough to the spread for Joel Embiid? I think it's too much when you consider 
that the Miami Heat also have some injuries on their side. They're not completely healthy. Jimmy Butler's dealing with an injury. Kyle Lowry has his hamstring injury. Tyler Hero has a non-COVID illness. So I just think it's a little bit too many points. And look, we saw this Philadelphia 76ers team without Joel Embiid on March the 21st. They, they actually won on a back-to-back against the same Heat team, 113-106. And this is a huge line move. And a lot of times, the public tends to overreact towards these injuries. And I mean, I think it's valid. Look, I know it's the playoffs, but I, I think it's a little too much. Brandon, what do you think? I'm with Raheem. I, I think that the there are real injury issues on Miami's side that certainly nothing like the possible MVP who is not going to win MVP is out for whatever number of games. I personally don't know that I expect him back in the series. We don't know. We're speculating. I don't have any information based on what I've seen or read about breaking one's face. I'm not expecting him this series. Hmm. However, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, like Kyle, do we even know for sure? Kyle, Kyle Lowry is a warrior, but we don't know if he's ready to go. And we don't know if he'll be able to play every game. Like, that's the sort of injury you can tweak again. Jimmy Butler, we had no idea he was hurt at all until he just was suddenly right before the game. And, you know, heat culture can take care of the Hawks in a closeout game, but it's a little different when there's a little more talent on the floor here. So I am wading carefully into the series waters here because the Embiid injury is a big thing we don't know about, but the heat injuries are looming and like the injury situation could flip, I think. And We'll get there, but this is a huge shot variant series. I know everything is now in the modern NBA, but this series in particular feels huge. Miami is the biggest series favorite on the books. They would be a favorite for me, but they would be my least series favorite on the books. I think the books are giving Miami way too much credit. Yeah, I think the one thing that I really want to add is just, I talk a lot about Glenn Rivers. He struggles to perform when he has all these Hall of Fame players. But the one thing I can say about Glenn Rivers is that he can take a team and help them overperform in certain aspects. What was it? 2019 series against the Golden State Warriors. They won two games off the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson Warriors. So these are the spots where you, you bat Glenn Rivers. When, when everybody's counting them out and he doesn't have the star player, for some reason, he can kind of get those teams up. I think that's important to note. Okay, I disagree. I'll just go ahead and be the other guy here. Uh... <laughs> The Sixers team is Joel and Joel and Joel. This team was kind of, kind of, kind of built to get Joel the MVP. A little bit. A little, little bit built to, to get the man the MVP. Uh, it's interesting here because, look, do I think the Heat are probably being a little overvalued in the market based off of how good they are? Mm, yeah, maybe a little. Like, it, the, the market I don't think reflects it. Okay, I just can't get into I think Here's the difference. I don't think the Heat have value because they're being overrated, but I don't find the lines for Philly attractive either because this team is still not great. Like, this team's just not great. It hasn't been. hasn't been great. Like, I get the net ratings. I get all that. I understand. Embiid's a big part of that. We're talking B-Ball Paul, DeAndre. Like, let's just be real clear here. If we're going to talk about Doc, we got to talk about the fact that he's going to play DeAndre Jordan. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. So I, I know where you guys are going on this series. And before you, those words come out of your mouth, 
I just want to remind you, he's going to play DeAndre Jordan. I would bet he starts. DeAndre Jordan is literally why I am wading into this series and not betting Philadelphia right now. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't don't, don't want to bet Philadelphia to win the series. I don't want to bet them plus two and a half because I think you got to lay heavy juice. I think FanDuel had it at minus 164, which is insane. But what I do want to do is bet them for game one because I think that's the spot. All right, we'll we'll get there. We'll get we'll yeah. get there. You're only laying minus one forty three over Bet River, so that's not bad. Um, so like let's let's get to this, Ra. Uh, for the series, do you have a best bet, a best series angle? Do you have a best bet for the series? I, I don't. I there's no way I can I can like even the, the the plus two and a half would be my angle, but I can't play that because they even at minus one forty three, you got to hit that. That's an implied odds of fifty eight point eight percent. That means that I have to win that 59% of the time. So I can't, and I, don't, I just don't think there's anybody on Miami, and I don't, I, I can't back Philadelphia to win the series at this point because, look, one Pascal Siakam elbow did the same thing that Earl Spence did to Yugas in 10 rounds of nonstop punching. I don't know if MB's going to come back. If he's not coming back, they're not winning the series. But I still can't lay the, the minus 300. All right, so I, I, a little bit more context here. Ramona Shelburne, who there is not a reporter more plugged into Embiid's camp than Ramona Shelburne at ESPN. Like, yeah, if you want to know what's going on, even more than the locals, I would pay attention to Ramona Shelburne. I would say Shelburne first and then Bond Temps. Okay? Yeah. Shelburne said, basically, they're not going to have surgery. It doesn't require surgery. She said he's out a minimum of five days with the concussion. OK, so if that's Friday. Let's start the clock on Saturday, okay? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That gets us through game three, okay? Let's assume game four. Let's say he misses the first four games of the series. The question I think you have to ask is, if it's Heat 3-1, can Embiid pull him out of it? That's like That to me is how you should bet this is that if you think that Embiid can can pull them out, but even then, there's no reason to bet now. There's no reason to bet now. Yeah. You had on your props here, you would, you would initially put on here that you liked, um, that you, or no, I'm sorry, let's put the other series. But like, I always think this question is interesting of the, the game one and series prop. Yeah. I feel like there's actually less value on that. I know the number drops if the team that you were going to bet but your your peace of mind secure because one game is not going to move them enough to make them a favorite, right? The Sixers go out and win game one, and the line's going to move, but the Heat are still going to be heavily favored in this series, and you've got one game in your pocket. So if you like the Sixers, wait until game one, and you're either going to get you're either gonna, you get to watch that game, and you get to either go like, you know what, Sixers found some stuff there might might be a little bit doable here. Um, and if they lose, you get a better number or they win. And yeah, your number drops. You don't get as much value, but you're able to say like, oh, hey, they don't have to win four of the next six. They only have yeah. to win three of the next six. And Joel might come back at the end. So much like with that Mav series, if you like the Sixers, which I do not. <laughs> but if you like the Sixers, I think that's what you need to play. Brandon, I know the, Brandon's my guy. Brandon's always got got like the angles. He, he maths my, my math, my quant always has the angles for where the best value is. Brandon, what's your best bet for this series? You're going to love this. You 
basically just described exactly where I'm at on my best bet for the series. <laughs> I, I'm not betting it right now. I am waiting for my spot to bet Philadelphia for exactly the reason you said. I tried to talk myself into Heat game one, which I do think the Heat will win game one, Sixers to win the series. That's plus 700. I tried to get there. You're right, though. I don't, if the Heat lose game one, we're going to get a number close to that anyways. The Heat might, or sorry, if the Heat win game one and the Sixers lose, then we're going to get a long number on Philadelphia. And I need the extra info. Like, I put it this way. I am not in love with Philadelphia. I don't even think I am in like with Philadelphia. I am out of like with Miami. The thing you said earlier, Matt, I want to bet Miami. I like Miami, but there's not value there. That I'm the opposite of. I don't like Miami. I don't like the matchup for them. I don't like their profile as a team. I don't want to bet Miami. I want no money on Miami on the series. I don't love Philadelphia, but there are some things I could see them get to. And to be clear, remember, I'm expecting no Embiid for this series, and I still like Philadelphia later in the series. That's what what do you like about the matchup? I got to know. Okay, so you guys know I'm big on the four factors thing. So here are the matchup issues. The Heat have the third most turnovers in the league. We know like Matisse Thibel and get the runouts, the defense. I think there's a chance for Sixers defense to really step up there. The Heat had the fourth highest free throws uh, allowed defensively. Obviously, the Sixers are number one in the league by a mile on free throws, of course, from Embiid, but James Harden too. My, look, my whole position has to involve James Harden. Like that's if you're betting on the Sixers without Embiid, you have to put your faith in James Harden. I don't love it. This is why I'm not betting it right now. I'm just just owning it. This is a James Harden position. The Heat bomb threes. That's their offense. It's not a great offense. It's not even close to a great offense. They bomb threes. The Sixers allow the second fewest threes. Just the things that Miami has problems at are things Philadelphia is good at. The things Miami wants to do are things Philadelphia limits them from doing. All There's of that might not matter because if Embiid is out, maybe all that identity goes away and maybe the matchups aren't there. But that all those matchup things are why I don't love the spot for Miami. One thing I will say, there is some advantages that Miami has. Like the Sixers are 27th in transition defense. And he are fifth. So it's like that's, that's something that could really be a problem. Um but I do agree with you to a certain extent, like in terms of Philly having some matchup advantages. And there's one in particular for game one that I really, really like. Uh, I'll say to you about the rosters. Jimmy Butler, I think, was maybe the best player in the first round, like in the playoffs. He was awesome. He had 132 offense rating. He had 38 and five per game. He had a 14.2 BPM. He was awesome. The rest of the Heat were not great. Bam didn't do a whole lot. Hero was bad. Kyle Lowry didn't make an impact and, and honestly didn't a lot this season. The Hawks played the Heat even. We saw it. We talked about it, except for that little stretch each game where they melted down. Otherwise, they played even. Let me keep going. The Heat have been terrible in the clutch this year. We all know that. The Heat in 126 clutch minutes in the regular season were minus 18 net rating and even worse with Jimmy Butler. So if it gets close... That's not a great spot. I know if it gets close, you got to put on James Harden. I already admitted it. We're on James Harden here. This is the only conversation we can have. And the last thing is, I like the idea 
of a Philadelphia small ball-ish lineup. If it's DeAndre Jordan, if we get 30 minutes of DeAndre or 25 of DeAndre in game one, I'm out. I'm not back in. I'm If DeAndre is playing, I want no part of Philadelphia. The numbers with him are horrendous. If it's not him, it's Paul Reed or Paul Millsap. Yes, ancient Paul Millsap. I understand who I'm getting in bed with here. If it's those guys spreading it out, attacking with more space, I think there's a path forward for some Philadelphia value. You know, I, I, my friend Matt, you go. Um, couple things here. The biggest thing I have for the listeners is this: when Bam Adebayo has guarded Joel Embiid in half court matchups. He has a 17% effective field goal percentage this season. Across the last three seasons, it's below 35%. The numbers with Dwayne Dedman, not considerably better. If Embiid comes back, I think it hurts them. I think you're onto something with the B-Ball Paul lineup. If they just run B-Ball Paul and switch everything, great. And that's what we would expect from a, from a, a really good experienced playoff coach. But then there's Doc Rivers. Um, Top 15 all-time rated by everyone in the NBA 75, Doc Rivers. Rivers. Yeah. Uh, Here's my other thing is just I've seen Jimmy put clamps on Harden before. Gonna make it tough, gonna make it physical. He's a little, he's, Raheem was right. He's a little Larry Holmes. He had a really good game. He had a really good game six. There's, he's a little washed. Little washed. (laughs) Uh, I actually like what Victor Oladipo brings. One of the things I looked at, you know who had the worst net rating of anybody on the Sixers versus the Heat this season? Matisse Tybel. You can't have a non-shooter versus the Heat. They'll scheme him out. They'll okay. just, they will scheme the hell out of him. Matisse is not going to be playable in the series. Mm-hmm. I, he's just not. Um, so uh, I will just very quickly say, uh, I like, I'm going to bet Heat 4-1 uh, a little, Heat 4-2 a lot. Those are my two picks. Is I'm going to vary the, the units on those, and I'm betting heat, heat and five, and heat and six. Uh, I do not think I, I I want Embiid to come back because I want a better vet number. I'm going to wait till till game one too. I want to see yeah. what happens in game one. Um, let's talk about game one because you guys have much more angles on game one. Um, I want to note before we get into this because I think a part of your angle is the injury angle here. We're recording this on Saturday night. We don't have the injury report yet. We won't have it till Sunday. So we're not going to be able to give you what the injury report is. Um, here's what I would tell you. I think Jimmy Butler sat that game because he could, because they knew the Hawks were I think that after, I think after they went up three, one, I think the heat were like, we don't need to do this. This is okay. Lowry. I think misses time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tyler had a, had a sickness. It's been a couple of days. They'll have pumped him with vitamin C. He'll be fine. He'll have sweated out in South beach. It'll be fine. Um, but I think Jimmy plays, I think, I think Lowry does not, which is definitely should be factored into the line. And then why there may be more value on it closer to tip off. You might be able to get this a little bit lower if Lowry's ruled out. But I do want to, before we get into this, I do want to say that I think, not, not informed, not reporting, based off of reading tea leaves, I think it's likely that Jimmy Butler plays. Rob, what's your best bet for game one? I have like three bets for this game. Let's go. I like, I like the Philadelphia 76ers plus eight. Brandon hinted at this, and this is the angle I really wanted to go with. I like the small ball unit for the Sixers. Look, what has James Harden done his entire Rockets career? Like when he made his name as James Harden, pre-Larry home status. He's a guy who is going to go isolation ball. He's going to spread the floor. And he's going to kick at the shooters. The Heat, they're 30th in opponent frequency of three-point field goal attempts. 
they're allowing like 42% of opponent field goal attempts to come from three. And that's something that the Sixers can do well with this small ball lineup with James Harden and, and Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey and Niang. Honestly, I feel like the Sixers could put Niang at, at the five and just say, let's score points. The Heat, they're not the most explosive offense. Like, they're a team that lives on their defense. And I, I just think the Sixers have an advantage there. And I also, because of that, I think this game could go over. I like the over 208. I think both of these teams should be able to score some points on one another. And the Sixers, without Joel Embiid, they're not going to be able to defend. Like, we know that. So I'm expecting a higher scoring game. And I think the Sixers could kind of keep this close. So they're not going to be able to just dive deep into that bench. They don't have a bench. So at least for game one, while this team is rested, I think this is the spot to, to play them. Now, I don't want to play them later on as this goes into the series without MB because I think this team's going to wear down. But early on, I like it. Also, if you see any Niang props, I really like that because I think he's going to get a lot of tick. So I like his props over in terms of points. I also like Tobias Harris over 17 and a half points. And without MB, his scoring average goes from 17.4 to 21.2. So they're going to need him to score. So. I like all of those. A lot of bets there. A lot, lot of bets for Raw on this one. Over 208, Sixers plus eight, Toby over 17 and a half. Okay. Yeah. And any uh, neon props. Okay. I'll tell you why you're wrong here in a minute. Uh, for him, why over? I, I didn't hear you say why over. The, just the small ball thing? Yeah, the small ball thing. And I just, I just don't think the Sixers are going to be able to totally slow down the heat. All right, Brandon, what's your best bets? Well, I had to ask because my best bet for game one is the under. And this is interesting. Because Raheem, everything you said about the small ball lineup is why I like Philadelphia long-term in the series. I don't trust that your buddy Glenn is going to go there that fast in game one. So I don't know that we can, I, I totally agree. I want to see Nyang at center or Tobias at center. I don't really feel like PJ Tucker and Bam Adebayo are going to hurt me a lot by doing that. I want to see it, but I agree with Matt. I think Dan Ray Jordan is starting game one. I think we're going to have to get there. We're going to have to play DeAndre Jordan off the court a little bit if we get there. So that's this is why I'm being careful with game one. Here's why I like the under. Before we get to the potential small ball thing, when these teams played this season, they averaged 201 points total. They uh, the, the pace for both these teams is slow. Even without Embiid, the pace stays pretty slow. Scored 197, 207, 181, and 219 in those four games. I don't trust Miami's offense a lot. It was really Jimmy Butler bust last series. And this is why I agree with you, Matt, that Butler is probably going to play. But even a 10% less of Jimmy Butler, 20% less, if the injury is nagging a little bit, is a much bigger concern to me than Lowry or Hero being out entirely. So I like the under. Because I like the under, I do lean Sixers to cover. Just because if we're only getting like a 200-point total game, Eight, eight and a half is a lot of a lot of points to ask. So I don't know if I'll be doing that one yet. I'm still kind of deciding, but I like the under and and I'm watching to see if that small ball thing starts to happen. I, there is potential. You, you take Embiid out of the way and DeAndre Jordan out of the way, clogging the paint. The other Sixers guys can space. The other bigs can space a little bit. And now you open the paint up. You got Harden and Tyrese Maxey attacking the paint. This is what I'm looking for in the series. This is why I kind of talk myself into like, all right, we might get there. I just don't trust them to get there in game one. One, one statement before we move on. In that March 21st game, they started Tobias Harris, Niang, Maxi, Millsat, and Thibault. DeAndre Jordan came off the bench for 24 minutes. 
Um, neither Embiid or Harden played. So there is a shot that we don't get DeAndre Jordan started. Oh, okay. That's that's nice that you think that. Um, <laughs> so I have I have one thing I gotta say on this. Uh, I'm with Brandon on the under. I'm probably gonna bet the under. Uh, okay. I already grabbed minus three and a half on Heat on Friday. I was leaning towards it anyway. There were some burblings that like this is on social media a little bit about about my Embiid. Like, so I went ahead and grabbed three and a half. So I have no, I have no need to bet the eight. Why would I bet the eight when I have three and a half? Yeah. Uh, I feel good about it. Feel good. I think there's value on the eight. I'll be realistic with you. Here's the biggest thing. This is the one thing I, I don't, I do think that neither of you are considering because like, I don't think this factors into the previous matchup that they played. And it, it's the one negation for the small ball thing here. Like this is a really big, this is a big deal. The heat use zone, the fourth most of any team in the league. It's one of their very, very strongest concepts next to nurse. Spolster was one of the first ones a couple of years ago to really bring zone back in vogue and start using it aggressively. Raheem, guess what the Sixers ranked versus zone this season? 25th. 27th. Now, what about when they got James Harden, though? When they got Harden, yeah, they were still 27th. They were still 27th in the league versus zone. They're going to zone the hell out of them. And you have a stagnant offense and... A good way to bust the zone, having a dominant big man that can do the pinch post right in the middle of that sucker. Like if Embiid's playing, you can fight that a little bit. They didn't this season. They got worked in it. But you can bust it a little bit with a great big man. If he can, if he can navigate the pinch post, you can bust that 2-3 that open. Paul Reed's not that guy. DeAndre Jordan's not that guy. Paul Millsap's not that guy. I don't love the idea of Tyrese Maxey switching. Uh, I don't love the idea of Tobias Harris switching. This is the whole thing. If we go small ball, that helps the Heat offense, which is their weakness. Because I don't think the Sixers defenders outside of, like, Toby's been pretty good. But outside of Tybal, I don't know who I really trust to, to play straight up, right? Like, if Jimmy does dumb stuff, like if Jimmy plays and Harden switches onto him and he tries to post Harden up, why? But I don't expect, I think, I think Butler's smart enough not to do that. Um, I do think the Sixers offense will struggle. I do like the Heat. I do like the under. Maybe it's simplistic. Maybe it's square. But based off of everything I saw in the matchups, all of this stuff, again, if we got an Embiid, I should have bet this before the Embiid injury on the series. I didn't. It was dumb. But I think the Heat are going to roll in the series. We'll find out what happens starting on Monday. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. Let's go to Mavs versus Suns. What a great matchup. What, what, like an, what just an awesome, 
really fun matchup. Chris Paul, Devin Booker's back. DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick versus Luka Doncic. You got Luka and DFS and the other Mavs guys that people definitely know the names of. All those guys. Gonna be a great matchup. And this one, boy, you, I'll say this is a, a second round that I am very much like, because of injuries and kind of how the lines are, that I'm very much like, ee, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. And y'all set the best bets over and, and you got a little spicy, got, got a little spicy on these. So Rod, let's start with you. What's your Mavs son's best bet for the series? I'm going to go with Mavs plus one and a half. I've said it before. I don't want to bet against Luka at all. The only team to beat this guy in a playoff series was the finals favorite for the last two years. I'm putting this guy up there with the top players in the league as a guy who I have to respect. And this Suns team is absolutely dominant, but I think they're going to have a bit of a math problem in this matchup. Like I said before, Suns are 30th in frequency of attempts at the rim. So it's like, this is not a team that totally dominates at the rim. I know Aiden can be that guy, but they're also 25th in opponent frequency of three-point field goal attempts. And we all know that the Mavericks are going to shoot the three. So to me, there's going to be some games in this series where the Mavericks are just going to make a ton of threes and the Suns are just going to be taking these mid-range jump shots with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who we don't know if, we don't know if he's totally healthy at this point. I know he played the other day, but we all know hamstrings kind of flare up. I just think this Mavericks team, they can put some pressure on this on the Suns and make this a close series. And the Suns had to go balls to the wall to face this Pelicans team. And I know I've been giving the Pelicans a lot of respect, but if Chris Paul doesn't make 14 or 14 shots, they're in game seven right now, as opposed to playing the Mavericks right now. So I think Luka is going to be able to put some pressure on Chris Paul or whoever, I mean, I know Mikel Bridges is probably going to get that matchup, but he's going to be hunting one of those guards. So I think this is a close series. I see this going seven. I'm worried you're doubling down a little bit here because you're basically like what you're doing. I think in large part, what you're doing here is you went into the Pelican series and you were like, I don't know. I think that this matchup's not bad. And you saw the early and you got real excited on it. And you were like, I think that the, like the Suns aren't that good. And now you're like going back, back into that. When it's See, like, here, here's the thing. The difference between it is I, did, I actually didn't bet it. Like, I just kind of gave my read of there was something off about it. And I, I feel like I was, I feel like my read was correct, but I still stayed away. It was one of those things to where it's like, I'm seeing chinks in the armor, but I, I'm not really ready to yeah. press it. And I think I, right now I'm willing to back it up with a, yeah. with a, I mean, so here's the thing. It's like, I'm with you that mm-hmm. the Suns are not as good as the CV says. They are not as good as the resume. They're more vulnerable than they're not the juggernaut that we argued about whether they were or not in the regular season. I'm with you there. We'll come back to whether I think that this is the spot. I want to get what Brandon thinks about this spot because I think he might be have a little bit of a different approach. I have a lot of a different approach. I disagree with everything Raheem just said. I am on the complete opposite side of this. Let's one. go. I, I, like the Suns. I like the Suns. I like the Suns to win the series. And I think that it's not going seven. I'm not going to say Sun sweep because Luca is awesome and the best player in the series. I'll give Luca at least a game, maybe two games. My best bet is Suns and five, Suns and six. I'm playing both of them. Suns and five is plus 300. Suns and six plus 420. 420 at FanDuel, 300 at DraftKings. So I get both of those. I like the Suns. I like the matchup for them. I, 
I have a hard time finding what I like about the matchup for Dallas here. And I came into this one, literally, I, I spoke with Matt a few hours ago being like, I don't really know what I think about the series. I don't know what I think about these teams. I have no idea here. And as I dug into it, I, I just, I don't like this for Dallas at all. Raheem, you feel you came away from the first round and maybe this is me doubling down. So Matt, jump in if this is where I'm at. Raheem, you came away from the first round being like, well, I doubted the Suns. They could still be playing right now. The Mavs are ready to take them. I'm on the other side. I think the Pelicans played really good basketball. The Pelicans hit a ton of shots. Pelicans dominated the glass. The Pelicans did a lot of good things. I think the Jazz sucked. And the Mavs kind of just were there for the Jazz to suck. And they moved on. And I'm not that excited about this team still. What I was excited about was the matchup advantage for Dallas against Utah. They run teams off the three-point line. Don't let you get your threes. And Utah was like, what? But that's what we do. Now what do we do? Guess what Phoenix doesn't do? Shoot threes. They're like, just take the line off the court. We don't care. We're not using it anyways. We're just going to go do the other stuff, which, by the way, you're not good at defending. You're not good against two-pointers. We are elite at them. So the things that the Suns got hurt at in the last matchup that I missed that the Pelicans did well The Pelicans crushed them on the glass offensively. Dallas does not offensive rebound at all. And they didn't in the series in the season. They had did not have that advantage at all. The Suns are going to kill them on two pointers. They shot 54% on twos in the season. They just shot 62% on twos against the Pelicans. Guys, I came away from last series being like, man, I don't know if the Suns can score enough. When, When Booker was out, I just, I don't know if they could score enough. Phoenix had 118 offensive rating last round, 120, 120. The defense was the problem. They gave up all those free throws. They gave up all those offensive rebounds. Guess what else Dallas doesn't do? They don't really draw free throws. Luca can. So maybe Luca, I'm going to give Luca credit. Maybe a game or two, he just hits eight threes and gets the line 20 times. Like, absolutely he can. I don't like the matchup at all for Dallas. I think the things that, New Orleans did that hurt Phoenix are not things Dallas is going to do or able to do. And I like Phoenix a lot here. So here's the best way I think I can, I can think of this. Um, I'm in, I'm in between the two of you. Mm. (laughs) That's probably for the best. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in between the two of you, by the way, uh, to go back, I want to make sure that we get this, we get this into people's uh, hands. Your best line on this that I found is at bet rivers. You can get Mavericks plus one and a half at plus 110 there's a plus 100 at FanDuel. uh there's a couple of other ones floating around i think points bet's got plus 100 it's minus at a couple of bucks predictably that are a little bit a little bit that you tend to to ring you a little bit on these on the the win spread so shop around but if you want the mavericks plus one and a half wins you can get plus 110 at bet rivers on surface the mavericks really do kind of target a weak point that i've been growing increasingly concerned about with phoenix as the series as a year has gone on I've talked a lot about this. Uh, they had Dario Saric last year and they were able to run five out and switch all. And it was awesome having this counter, this counter th- to have like being able to be like, you want to play big? We got DeAndre Ayton. You want to play small? We got Dario Saric. How you want to go? Cause we'll match up with you. Our guys, you can't play off the floor. And the one guy you can, I got Dario Saric to play small ball five and bomb threes on you. And this year Jones went with a really interesting tactic, which is he went the other way. And he said, well, look, instead of getting like a really quality smart player that's versatile and can shoot threes, 
I'm going to get JaVale McGee and Bismack Biombo. And that was great in the regular season because guess what? Chris Paul could take literally any person over 6'10 and make them look like an all-star because he's the point guy. Um, so they're weak versus these five-out options. They still switch a decent amount. And Aiden is basically no, – no, this is what annoyed me about the Jokic, Chris, uh, Steph Curry thing where it's like, oh, he got roasted. No center, no center above 6'10". No traditional big man can switch out on Steph Curry, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, any of those dudes, and hang. It's it's physically impossible for feet to move that, that big to move that fast. But of those guys, Aiden, because he's spry and young and healthy, is really pretty good at it. Later in his career, he won't be. But right now, he's fine at it. He's fine. Fine's not as good as their drop coverage. They're going to try. I'll, I'll bet you, uh, by the way, I'm going to probably be betting Luka points overs. I think they're going to play drop. I think they're going to make Luka score 60. And I think Luka's going to try because that's the whole thing. Um, I don't know how much either of you listen to the college football pod that, we, that our guys do over on Big Bets on campus with Stuck and Colin. Colin really loves explosive plays. That's a big deal. How much do, is your offense able to generate explosive plays in college football? Havoc and explosive plays are, are Collins' things. Woo pig. The Mavs don't have explosiveness. They really don't. They had it versus the Jazz because Jalen Brunson could target Donovan Mitchell. But Jalen's not going to have the ball as much, and it's going to be Luka. Now, he may go to work. When they go to switch, he may target Chris Paul and beat him up, but it's going to be plotting and tough buckets and low percentages, and that's the the Mavericks model. Grind it down, make this into a tough, ugly game, and Luka gets you over. The problem is the Suns inherently have more explosiveness, despite the threes, because when they do hit threes, it feels like the world's coming to an end because it's either Bridges or Crowder or or Cam Johnson, who let's pray to God he gets back into his head. Like, bad series, but this is a different one, right? Yeah. The Mavs defense, I think, is really good, and they can switch everything on the perimeter. I trust Chris Paul and Devin Booker to navigate those, and Chris Paul will hunt. Like, he will hunt, and he'll hunt probably Luka, and they'll try and get him in foul trouble, and this is going to be a test for Luka because that's what they want to do is go from stretch five. I think the model is there, Raheem. I I don't think the Mavericks have quite enough firepower to get past them. I think this will be interesting for the spread play plays, plays, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. But I think winning the game is going to be tough for them. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the one concern. And that's the only reason why I didn't take the Mavs win a series is just because I hate the Mavericks late game offense. They just give Luca the ball and just, he's just taking step back threes all the way. And we all know the Suns they don't lose clutch games. They're 33 and nine in the clutch net rating 33.4. You look at the Mavericks in the clutch. They're 22 and 16 in a clutch, but they have a negative net rating of minus 9.1. So it's just like in these close, I can see the Mavericks losing a couple of close games in the clutch just based on the Suns out executing them. But I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be one or two games where the Mavs just straight blow them out just because they're not missing. All right. Game one on Monday should be a really interesting game either way. I'm probably going to look dumb both ways. And one of you is going to look really dumb. And the other one's going to look like a genius. This is going to be a great pod when we get to do the, this game uh, the following day. Uh, Suns are, my, are five and a half point favorites at home. It opens six. We got 62% of the tickets right now 
on Dallas, 57% of the money. So a little bit of the money's coming in on Phoenix, but we got a reverse line move based off of that. So we are tracking some sharp moves on Dallas because of that. Total open 212 and a half. It's up to 214 and a half. Raheem, what's your best bet for game one? Gonna go over. I think you've got two hyper efficient teams who can score score the basketball. So I'm going over. Brandon, what's your best bet for game one? I'm gonna sprinkle the Mavericks money line in game one. I think it's good. Plus two ten. Even though I'm taking the Suns, it's an implied thirty one percent. I'm gonna play the Suns series and the Mavs. I'm not doing Mavs game one and Suns series. It it kind of acts as a hedge for me. If the Mavericks are going to be good, I think they're gonna be good right away. They're going to be good while Booker is ramping up and getting back up to speed. And whatever matchup thing I'm missing is going to happen right away. So I think 31%, I feel like Dallas, the, the number gives some value there. So I want to chime in with what you said on, on Luca, Matt. I agree with you. If you like Dallas in this series, I think you need to like Luca assist overs. If you like Phoenix, you need to like Luca points overs. That's how I see the series shaping up is if I'm Phoenix, I know it sounds terrifying, but if I'm Phoenix, I just want to see Luca try to beat me by himself. Yep. And he might do it a game or two. He might actually do it. I've seen it happen the last couple of years, but I don't know how Phoenix will match up for sure. Here's what I would do. Mikhail Bridges, you're guarding Jalen Brunson. Goodbye, Jalen Brunson. It was nice knowing you. I hope you got your paycheck from the last series because now you got someone with a foot of length on you. You are erased from the series. Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, guys, try not to foul. Hang with Luca. Do the best you can. He'll score some points. He's going to make a lot of threes. But if I take Brunson out or Dinwiddie when he's out there, and now who's who's left? We got DFS and we got Clay. We got, we got spot-up shooters. If I take away the other guard playing with Luca and it's just Luca left, and that is who's supposed to beat the 64 win Suns, I, I feel good about my chances on that. So I like Brunson unders for that reason, though I'm going to be cautious because we don't know if we're going to get that matchup. But I like Brunson unders, Luca scoring overs. And then here's this one at FanDuel, they've got series props up. This is the worst line I've seen of the series. Joe Dallaire and I crushed this line already. Most threes in the series, Luka Doncic is at plus money right now. Plus money for Luka Doncic. Let me remind you, the Suns don't like to shoot threes. And Dallas does not like to give up threes. Someone from the Suns is not leading this series in three-pointers. Devin Booker averaged 2.7 per game in the season. He only averaged two per game in the playoffs last year. DFS is 2.2 per game. Block, 2.1 per game. Cam Johnson, 2.5 per game. Since the Porzingis trade... Luka Doncic averaged four three-pointers per game on 10 attempts per game. We were playing Luka three-point overs the entire way down the stretch. When he came back last week in three playoff games, he averaged 10 three-point attempts per game, 3.7 makes per game. I think I would put this number at like minus 200 or something. Luka should be a prohibitive favorite, and he has plus 125 to have the most three-pointers. And just in case you're wondering... It's per game. So just in case the injury flares up and he misses a game or two, as long as he keeps the average up, we still get the win there. That is my favorite bet of the entire round. He was very, very jumper heavy when he came back. Not a lot of drives. Now, some of that's Gobert, right? But not a lot of drives of the rim. Very jumper heavy. I love that bet. That's a really great bet. I just hit that. 
I just said that while you're talking. Thank you for yeah. thank you for giving me that, Brandon. I really appreciate that. Um, okay, let's run down our best bets. So Heat Sixers. Ra's not playing it now. Looking yeah, are you looking for Sixers later? No. Okay. I just think the game one is just just some value. Okay. He likes the over 208 and Sixers plus eight in game one. Um Brandon leans to the under and leans to Sixers plus eight and a half. Are you going to bet that? Or are you going to stay away from the spread from the spread? I, I don't know. Bet to the under and uh, lean or stay away from the Sixers cover. Okay. And Brandon on uh, the series. On the series, I am waiting, but looking for a Philadelphia spot. If I see those small ball inklings that are starting to come together. Okay. I'm waiting for game one and hitting heat. That's mine. Okay. Is I'm waiting for game one. I'm probably waiting and hitting minus two and a half at a worse number, but I'm fine with that. I just want the assurance. Um, Mavericks. Raw likes Mavericks plus one and a half, which you can get plus 110 at Bet Rivers. And in game one, he likes he liked the over. That's what. Right, yeah, Brandon likes the, the Mavericks money line. Brandon likes sprinkle Mavericks money line. And mm. Brandon's got Luca most threes in the series at plus 125 at FanDuel, which is just insane. He's also on Suns and five plus 300 and Suns and six at plus 420. Um, I am going to likely bet. I'm going to wait again. I'm going to wait till game one because I think there's a chance Mavericks steal game one. And then I'm going to bet Suns in five and then six. That's what I'm going to do. As far as the total, I lean under. I'm probably not going to bet it, but I lean under. We will be back on Tuesday morning. We'll give you updates after Celtics and Warriors on those game twos which are going to be played very... There's like a long, huge gap in these series that we're going to have to figure out. We'll, we'll get that to you on Tuesday. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to download the Action Network app and follow both Raheem and Brandon. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets.